Hi everyone, I'm Christina Burnett, your host for the It's Natural podcast. Welcome back to today's episode. I'm sure I'll be seeing this often, but today's episode I'm really excited about. I love our guests who are Lauren and Katie, who are the co-founders of Higher Dose. Higher Dose is an at-home brand that offers wellness tools that helps support your body's overall vitality. I've really found that Lauren and Katie with their brand Higher Dose have been so inspirational and how they've been so innovative with the technology and products that they have come out with. I'm a huge fan of their infrared sauna blanket, which I got a few years ago. And not only was it such a game changer, especially during COVID, because any of our wellness practices, whether it was going to a gym, a sauna, spas, um, and other ways to support ourselves was taken away during that period. It was so nice and refreshing and so restorative to have the sauna blanket at home. And they have come out with many other additional products. Um, I also love their red light therapy face mask and also their infrared PMF mats. But again, I love how their brand has been so mindful in taking practices that are traditionally very bulky, or you've had to go to other places, um, to use these products instead. Now they're in the convenience of our homes, especially during COVID, but even now with being a busy mom, running a business with school, soccer practice, all the stuff. It is nice to have these products at home. Not only are they thoughtful and convenient and effective. I'm able to put them into my routine and implementing and supporting myself. Katie and Lauren, as always, are on the move and expanding in so many ways with their brands and with also their own health and wellness journeys. They have recently leapt into a YouTube series, which I'm a huge fan of and have watched multiple times because it's so impactful with how much information is in each episode, but their YouTube series is called biohackers, which I'll link in the show notes. Biohackers dives into many ancient practices and ceremonies along with the leading science and technology and how it can affect our overall wellness. I also really appreciated with each episode how it was filmed. Not only did Lauren and Katie get very vulnerable, raw, and authentic with their experiences in each episode, but it's also packed, like I said, with gems and takeaways behind each ceremony and practice and why it can help not only our wellness, but also support the full human spectrum of our mind, bodies, and souls. And in our conversation, Lauren and Katie also share how these practices have come out of the experience and into their daily lives and how they've implemented them into their routines. And I know you're going to love this episode. So without further ado, let's get into it and I'll let them introduce themselves. Yeah. So, um, my name is Lauren Berlinger, uh, co-founder, co-CEO of higher dose. Um, my background, I'm a holistic nutritionist and health coach. I was a TV presenter before higher dose and have a background in product development and working for other wellness startups. Um, before all of that, I also was an international model for 
15 years. Um, I always struggled with trying to live a healthy lifestyle. I was into like fad diets and the diet Coke and cigarette diet, um, cigarette diet for so long. And it really took me to go to nutrition school and to like start to learn to heal myself naturally in order for me to really be really to show myself what my true passion was, which is health and wellness and fitness and just looking and feeling my best and getting high naturally. So when I started higher dose with Katie, uh, eight years ago, um, it, I've never felt so in the right moment that I'm doing exactly what I need to be doing. And every day doesn't feel like work because we get to do this amazing deep work together, um, and bring you amazing things that really make you look and feel your best. Yeah, that was a great summary, Lauren. I mean, when I, so I started my career in investment banking, actually, it was definitely like work hard, play hard, burning the candle on both ends, but I discovered running as like an amazing outlet to reduce stress and get that natural high. I really like was like, wow, this runner's high is a real thing. Um, so then I kind of shifted, um, into wellness startups and was trying to combine my passion for fitness with, um, what I was doing professionally was one of the first employees at Tough Mudder. And then when I met Lauren, she told me about the infrared sauna and I tried it once and was like, I just got the runner's high from sitting in a little box for 30 minutes. So I knew we had to bring it to the masses and, uh, yeah, it's been, it was really right place, right time, like right time in our lives. We met and started working together the next day. So it just felt very kismet. Um, and it's been like a very exciting entrepreneurial journey since, and a journey of like our relationship as business partners and friends and, um, yeah, just really grateful to have the experience and still excited for the future for higher dose. Cause I think we have a lot more to grow and do. And then how long have you guys known each other? Um, so Katie and I met, um, when I knew I wanted to bring infrared to fitness and my, um, colleague at the time introduced me to Katie and I kind of crashed a meeting he had with her and told her about infrared and the infrared sauna. And she went and tried it and we became business partners the very next day. So we definitely were, you know, not the traditional where some people are friends and then start a business. We were, you know, we started a business and then became good friends. And that was seven years and nine months ago. (laughs) I always round up. And with your successful expanding business at Higher Dose, how did you guys decide to shift gears and leap into filming biohackers? Well, to like really wind it back, um, we- Day one, Lauren. Sorry. Day one, yeah. <laughs> we actually, Higher Dose started as a, as a show um, before it started as a spa location or even, you know, our first idea, which is installing infrared panels into yoga studios. We- actually filmed the pilot for a show that was all about all about getting high naturally and releasing happy chemicals dopamine oxytocin serotonin and endorphins and we did like all sorts of things like shooting a gun or like getting a colonic and then we wanted to like have a device on our head that read our brain waves to like show where the like pleasure areas in your brain would light up when doing these things so we filmed that like a long time ago and weirdly enough, like discovery got a hold of it before we even shopped it around. Then we like signed, you know, something, whatever it is that you sign with them, like an exclusive. 
And then we found out like four months later that everyone from Discovery got fired and then nothing ended up happening with the show. And by then we already like started Higher Dose as a spa business doing infrared saunas. So it just like naturally progressed into that. So that's like way back. We're talking like eight years ago for that. Then we always knew that we wanted to, you know, bring back content in some regard. You know, we feel like this biohacking space is really an amazing space, but not many people know about it. Um, you know, it's mainly male dominated narrative, yeah. a lot of men owning the space and, and which therefore kind of turns women off. And maybe it's also the word biohacking that doesn't really resonate with us too, as well. We also feel like women are the original biohackers. So we always kind of felt like we needed to tap more into our intuition or into our communities to find out like, what are the best hacks? Um, so there was like, you know, really we felt there needed to be someone to shine light on this amazing community of amazing people talking about amazing technologies and products and theories and philosophies and you know we felt like katie and i were the right people to do it because we feel like you know at higher dose that's what we do day in day out is you know when we're thinking about product development is testing out these amazing technologies and products and philosophies in order to figure out what's our next product that we're going to be launching so we kind of figured it would be really cool to just film us doing, you know, research, market research and trying all these biohacks and filming it from the female lens and from our perspectives and showing us being vulnerable and honest and open with, you know, our goals and challenges in life and like, you know, how these things can help you so much. So it kind of just like, you know, was an idea that we were like, let's just do it. Let's just film it. And it kind of like progressed as we went on. And we learned a lot, um, but I think that, you know, it's probably been definitely my highlight of last year shooting the show. I don't know about you, Katie. Definitely. Growing up on two episodes was totally the highlight <laughs> of my year. <laughs> and like you were saying, though, biohacking is such a broad umbrella, too. So it can be confusing, especially if you're just in the beginning stages of, you know, just trying on your own personal wellness journey. So that's why I also love the series so much as it was so educational, just to know what these terms mean. What is the ceremony? What is this um, ancient practice? What is more scientific? And I just loved how the knowledge behind it and how helpful that was for, you know, your audience. Yeah, that's actually a good point. We really wanted to focus on you know, what worked in the past, you know, what we're currently doing to biohack and what is the future of biohacking? Because we feel like you really need to like honor the ancient traditions that were the original biohacking, you know, what yeah. have cultures and tribes and communities have been doing for thousands of years that work? Like that's the real biohack, right? Yeah. And then there's more of the mainstream biohack that maybe has been around for the last decade that people are starting to know. You might've heard of it before. And then there's really the future of biohack where they're like, what the fuck you did that? Are you crazy? Like sounds so insane, like not safe. So sounds so hardcore, but really it's just like the future. And, you know, people aren't going to be hearing for multiple years before, you know, we wanted to bring it to our audience and just like share it with everyone. So I love that too. Like, I don't know, just from a scientific perspective, how everything's so relative, you can't just knock something out because it sounds out of your comfort zone, but to truly understand it from the knowledge and wisdom of 
our elders and our ancestors. I love that. And I also, the perspective of, you know, how women are <laughs> normal and ancient biohackers and how we've been all coming together, the knowledge with the science, like proving it or um, backing up what they've been saying for millennia. Um, We're kind of marrying ancient wisdom and the future with science. And you really got to like, look into this technology too, because, you know, technology is something that initially I think more people are afraid of, especially when it comes to their health. But if you look into some amazing technology, especially when it comes to your goals, you really can achieve so much more with specific technologies than you can with like some of the, you know, present day hacks, like creams and serums, et cetera. Um, you know, technology just really takes it to the next level and you see much more results within one session with technology. So it's bringing those two together. I think that is the real magic. Yeah. I think it's more targeted too, and the experience and the outcome. When you guys started this, was there something that you guys had heard that was a, um, practice that you guys thought was way out of your comfort zone and were excited or at least excited about? <laughs> I'll let you go first, Katie. <laughs> Um, well, I guess this is really lame because <laughs> when we were first getting the show started, I was like, oh, let's, let's try ketamine because I'm hearing all the great mental health benefits. So I pushed for this ketamine episode. And then when the time rolled around, I completely chickened out and made Lauren do it. <laughs> but I, at least she got a lot out of it. Right, Lauren? That one was actually really touching. I must say as a observer and who's loved the series. Yeah. That one was really touching Lauren, just to see just you be so vulnerable about your motherhood journey and birthing journey and showing that vulnerability so openly. That was beautiful, but I can totally see you also wanting to back out of it too. Well, the funny thing is, is Katie didn't mention the fact that we were also hardcore fundraising and like the next day after filming ketamine, we had like our first like fireside chats of like back-to-back -back six very important investor meetings where we like had to present. So like, I totally get why she wanted to like back out in that time. But I, I don't know why I felt like I knew I was going to get more out of it than it was going to take from me. And, you know, the place that I did it at field trip, like I asked a lot of questions and they really said like majority of people get this like ketamine high where you feel more clear you know, more charismatic, more passionate, more into whatever it is that, you know, you're doing in your life. It kind of like brightens things, brightens things for people, um, you know, especially for anyone that's suffering with like depression or PTSD, where you feel kind of blocked or your lights a little bit dimmed. The after effects of ketamine are amazing. Cause like, I literally felt like I was on fire. Like I was so charismatic and, you know, I felt so clear and I just felt so connected to who, who I was. And I was like, fuck you investors. Like, I don't give a shit if you don't care or understand what we're doing. I believe in what we're doing. And that really just kind of shined through. And I really have to say like ketamine helped me put the, me in that place of being conscious and present and in the moment, um, which it's so hard to do sometimes when your life's so stressful, you know, you're a mom, you know, you're an entrepreneur and you're just like, go, go, go. And you're trying to convince these money people of like something to do and help them on this. So that was pretty amazing for like, you know, the next day to like feel that good afterwards. Like 
ayahuasca, any of the other kind of plant medicines that I've done, I felt like a little ungrounded afterwards for like weeks afterwards. Um, whereas like ketamine was like an immediate high, like immediate great. That just sounds so amazing. Like even more the experience. I'm like, oh, the new cup of coffee, huh? The clarity. Oh, go ahead. I was going to make a joke that we're not recommending you snort ketamine before investor meetings. <laughs> right. Um, no, just that clarity too. Like how you were saying that how you're worse. It sounded like you were so embodying yourself basically, instead of going out of your body when you're working out in your nerves and adrenaline pumping before those meetings. So, I mean, that just sounds like a great business plan. Is for anyone that's interested in ketamine, especially if you have PTSD, which is what I was mainly suffering from, um, and on a very small scale, which is mm -hmm. why I probably could achieve what I did in two sessions versus like six or multiple, um, mm -hmm. like six, I think they do them in sixes. So you could do like okay. few sets of sixes, um, to get to where you need to be. Um, whereas I only needed to do two and I felt really great afterwards, but it's, it's pretty amazing when you like, don't realize how much like fear can take over your every day to day, especially when it comes to your confidence. Um, and I just like saw that side of me, like the, the fear aspects just like melted away. And I would say that's been something that's always kept me down over the years is just like constantly fearing, like, what if, like, what if I mess up? Like, what if my kids you know, die when I'm not there to control everything, et cetera. And like the looping in your brain just like mm -hmm. doesn't allow you to ever be present. Like I couldn't remember before ketamine, the last time I just like had a deep connected conversation with people without thinking in the back of my head, where are my kids? You know, like, oh shit, I got to do that email. Da -da -da -da. You know, all the things that stop you from being present and in the moment. Yeah, I think that's so relatable because I think so many of us, especially women, wear so many different hats at one time. It's not just, oh, I'm just doing my business right now. You have, okay, the to-do list and what to do at home or what needs to be planned. And yeah, I can I totally identify with that. Katie, which experience did you feel affected you the most mentally and physically? Um. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, there's, several of them that were profound. I think the combo ceremony was um, super impactful because, you know, it's just, it's so intense. Like your body's going through um, like this harrowing experience, which obviously makes it memorable. You're on camera, so you're super vulnerable. Um, but what I really loved about that episode was also, you know, I thought um, Todd, who was our expert and did the ceremony for us, just really was great at explaining the science behind what's going on with your body when you're doing combo. And like, I didn't fully grasp like that the mechanism that was creating the change was this release of peptides that your body recognizes the poison. It's fighting it off with like peptides, which are proteins, which really just kind of like give you a overall performance boost. Um, and I have to say, I really did notice like, especially the next day, like talk about feeling calm, connected in the moment you know, we were the next day filming our ecstatic dance episode and we were rolling around in the grass and just like out in nature. And I felt like I could just see like every, you know, branch on the tree more clearly. And like, I could like feel the wind and like, it just heightened your senses. Um, I thought it made like my skin look great for weeks afterwards. And I just, yeah, I, I really loved um, 
kind of, I guess the superpowers that we got from the combo. So that was- I must say that was one I wasn't familiar with before you guys. I mean, I had heard about, but I didn't know anything about it. And I thought that was really interesting. And yes, you guys with your buckets next to each other. True, true <laughs> friendship, right? There. Well, we didn't realize what, what Katie was alluding to when it comes to like good skin is um, Todd explained that you release a lot of peptides. Yeah. So what happens is, is um, you swell up and you literally look like a frog. Okay. Where your eyes kind of bug out of your head and your face swells up. And you literally feel so much pressure in your head that at one point it kind of feels like it's going to explode. And then it drops, like all the heat drops down and then it goes into your stomach. And then you start to feel woozy and lightheaded and like all the heat leaves your body. It's a really weird feeling, but, um, afterwards our skin looked amazing from all the peptides for like weeks afterwards. Yeah. Like it was insane. It was one of the best like anti-aging done you know yeah with the peptides yeah yeah we didn't realize it and weirdly enough I've done combo before and I don't remember it to be as profound as when biohacker Todd did it for some reason like he was just like so good um and I had like such a deep purge I don't remember doing that before too so yeah whenever you're looking for these kind of you know ceremonies or practices or healing make sure to really like find someone that's legit. That's been trained by like, you know, the ancient tribes of where it initially came from. They really know what they're talking about. They've done multiple sessions before. Um, Cause you just want to make sure you're in like safe hands and like, we couldn't have been in safer hands than with Todd. That's a good point. Cause you do see with these new, pro- actually this, these ancient practices coming to people's awareness and consciousness and obviously being curious and wanting to do it. You see though, these massive groups doing the ayahuasca ceremonies and it just seems very, yeah, not only dangerous, but just all that energy that we're all producing just together just doesn't seem like people are guided or getting the experience and kind of the spirit of what the practice is for. Yeah. I feel like everyone is a shaman nowadays. So just, um, just be mindful of that. Um, it was funny. Cause like when we first opened our first location, higher dose, um, we did it in the lower level of the alchemist kitchen and the alchemist kitchens, this like amazing community where they like put on all of these kind of like plant medicine and like talks and, and like events, et cetera. And they brought in the best people from all around the world. So that was really nice to tap into that community because like there's some amazing shamans through there. But um, I'd say like, if you are looking to get into any plant medicines, definitely do your research and, and definitely like talk to a bunch of people that have done it with that person before. Do you think word of mouth when looking for a ceremony to practice, do you think word of mouth is the best way to research or how would you... Is there I mean, any like tips that you found for when looking into ceremonies? Yeah. I mean, I would say like tap into the right community of people where they've been doing that, you know, they've like gone to where it's originally come from, whether that be like Peru or Colombia or somewhere in the Amazon. Um, and then also that they've like done multiple sessions with the person before I would say like, if you can go for like someone that has more like traditional training too as well would be important but I I always go with word of mouth like I just be careful on who you 
you know, ask for their opinion. That's probably the most important thing, but I'm almost word of mouth with the majority of the things that I do. And then I decide to do my own research after that, but that's usually how we get introduced to a lot of, you know, these great things that we're experimenting with. I'm like, same. I mean, even with my hair and getting my hair cut and stuff, I always go word of mouth. So especially with somebody come into your mind and body and do you think more women are like that more word of mouth, like kind of more into like tapping into our intuition of like, Oh yeah, that feels right. Like I'm going to go with that person and what they said versus like, I feel like the more masculine approaches just to like research and look at all the comments and like find out that way. Cause I feel no, like, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah. It's just been something I've been like kind of thinking about um, because I do feel that women have been left out of, out of a lot of research and a lot of science. So we've always had to like kind of practice going inwards and like tapping into our intuition on what feels right for us. Um, and that's like been something to also like think about when navigating this biohacking world too, as well as like most of this research has been done on men. Um, so you always like want to be mindful of that. And if something doesn't feel right, don't do it. Like that's always like my number one thing, you know, if it doesn't feel right to you, if you done some thing that someone told you is amazing, like ketogenic and you don't feel good after a week, stop doing it. It's not probably not great for you. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I just do what Lauren does. (laughs) Perfect. Perfect. I don't regret it. And now from our sponsor, let's talk about something that's been trending lately, but not all of us like to talk about gut health. If you're like me, you might be looking for a probiotic to help support digestion and your gut health. And it can be a struggle to find a probiotic that works for you, especially if you don't like taking pills or have specific dietary restrictions. So I'd love to share with you my favorite probiotic, Mary Ruth's Organic Liquid Probiotic. Not only is this probiotic USDA certified organic and vegan, but it's easy to take flavorless liquid that can be mixed into water, your morning smoothie, or even take it on its own. It seriously tastes like nothing. Mary Ruth's organic liquid probiotic is formulated with 12 vegan probiotic strains to support a healthy microbiome, which is important to promote gut lining health to help support a robust immune system. For a limited time, just for my listeners, you can get one organic liquid probiotic, two ounce for free. Just visit maryruthorganics.com and enter code evergreen20. Again, that's maryruthorganics.com and enter code evergreen20, E-V-E-R-G-R-E-E-N 20. I hope you enjoy this probiotic like I have. Um, was there one that like, but for both of you or either of you that had um, a more of a mental impact? Yeah. So definitely, you know, the ketamine for me was a total rewire, which was the, definitely the most profound, but I would say with all of them, they've all kind of like changed the way I live my life day to day and what I like put importance around One that was like quite interesting to me, which has always been something I struggle with too, is just being more playful and fun. So when we worked with Coach Yari um, with, I I don't want to say aesthetic dance because she has like a whole thing and it's called Unleash and she does tapping and aesthetic dance and whatnot. And like 
when Katie and I found out we were going to do that episode, we were like, oh, like, don't want to do this. Like found out we had to like dance with people. And we were just like, this is like torture. Like we just need to get this day over with. But it, for both of us, we were like so into it and just being so playful, like little girls, like playing in the like field, rolling around, not giving two shits, like getting our face painted, like laughing. And I was just like, whoa, I really need to bring this energy to my daughter and like help her find time every day to make sure she does practice being playful, being open, dancing, laughing, like endowment with like, you know, costume and, you know, face painting. And that's really stuck with me. So like, I was always a tomboy. So I always kind of like push that energy more onto my daughter and kind of she can be quite aggressive too, but as of lately, like we go and like get like little fairy sparkles into her hair. And like, she always has her nails painted and she's always into like costumes and she loves the sing too soundtrack. So we're just like always like singing. And that was like a big change for me because I realized, wow, I lost this as a woman. And it's the most attractive thing. I think when a woman brings that playful, fun, sensual energy with everyone you know and like why did I lose that and I don't want my daughter to lose that because I think it's like such a valuable energy that I feel like us females are trying to get back that's like our kind of primitive place to be in is you know just open and you know flowing energy wise and just like you know, full of abundance. So that was a big shift for me too, as well. Absolutely. I can like relate to that aspect of, um, growing up as a tomboy, but now trying to, and then I just have been competitive and yes, can definitely get that masculine side, but just to realize that that masculine and feminine balance within all of us and how important that is. And I must say, like, when I saw that episode, like up next, I was just, it kind of was like, oh, okay. I literally was, I wasn't, I was like, oh, okay. I'm just, I'll watch it. I like the other one. So give it a try. But I loved, actually it was so beautiful. And it was, I must say, like, I was so excited at the end of that episode because you guys could see the kid coming out in both of you and the play. And I could understand too, like having to dance with others, how that could feel like, you know, the first day and yeah. at school when you have to introduce yourself and say something about yourself and you just get it over with and you don't remember anybody else but truly in that episode both of you guys just lit up and just it was so fun to see that oh yeah play is important just fun and I think untapped or unregimented fun <laughs> that you guys seem to be having it just was beautiful to watch unleashed yeah it's like yeah as women too like when you first get around new women you kind of like dim your own light to just make sure you fit in or you don't make anyone feel uncomfortable and you're like wait why why do I do that and when you meet coach Yari for the first time she's so warm she comes really close to you she's like beautiful she's like face painted and like wild and like she made me feel so comfortable and more like that about myself so like why can't I do that for other women too like I always like kind of felt like I had to, you know, not say anything and make sure like I understand what these women are about before I can be my true self. And like, she's unapologetically herself, which 
just shines through and it and allows me to be that way too. So there was a lot of learnings there and still I'm practicing that a lot because it's so easy to just go back to masculine boss, getting things done, drill sergeant. Yeah, the schedule. The central playful side. Yeah. I feel like Katie's more playful than I am. When it comes to work, you know, she definitely can go on her masculine, but when she's not working, she's just like <laughs> and like laughs and she kind of like sometimes wonders why I don't laugh or appreciate the wins like she can so easily. So yeah. It's not hard to be more playful than you, Lauren. Sorry. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but no, it is great when you are like that. Like when we got on this call, you were like, oh, your hair looks cool. And I was like, oh, that's so nice. Thanks. Made me smile. <laughs> now I feel better. So keep it up. Was there one for you, Katie, that, that you liked more that was helpful for mental health? Of- yeah. yeah. Let's stick with um, that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think two of them stood out that really created a big state change for me. Um, the, the water fast oh, and, uh-huh. and the native American sweat lodge. Um, the water fast was really interesting because I mean, Lauren and I definitely have had a busy last 12 months, but again, super busy, like nightmare travel to get out to LA. I was just like, so stressed. Um, and I had a really hard first day of the water fast. Like, I can't tell you how many times I threw up. It was, yeah, it was bad. It was real. But the next day, um, I just felt clear, calm, like completely present and fasting releases GABA in your brain, which creates relaxation. I think one of the things fasting does is it sends this message to your body that like, if we, if we were, you know, out hunting 5,000 years ago, we would have, our body would have saying, oh, you're starving. So you need to sharpen your senses. You need to calm down. You need to be prepared to go like slay a dragon and yeah. And then I, I, I really felt that in my mind. I was like, oh, I'm clear. I feel good. I feel like more present in conversation. So that was pretty amazing. And then the sweat lodge was just so cathartic. It like, like really took me to this spiritual place that I wasn't expecting. It was much more challenging than I thought it was going to be because we're so used to sweating in our saunas, but this mm-hmm. was just a different level. And um, it gave me a real appreciation for that tradition and like the value of that type of ceremony um, and how it can really take your mind to a more spiritual place. And do you think that, especially the sweat lodge that with that particular ceremony have the heat component, but with the deprivation of senses, do you think that was another layer in that, that helped you? Cause you don't have the like visual distraction of like, okay, my body's in pain, but at least I can like look at these flowers and think about that or look at the sky or the water. It's like, you're just, you have to go completely in yourself when you're in the darkness. So absolutely. That was a whole other layer of it. Was there more of a practice that you guys liked that was more maybe yeah. physically challenging, but you felt the benefits afterwards or maybe yeah, the hot and cold therapy for sure. Um, especially because like I, Katie and I used to do like hot and cold therapy all the time. And then once I had kids, like I don't know if it was just because like I hadn't been doing it for a while or if I became more sensitive to the cold, but I hadn't been doing cold therapy before that episode, um, especially that cold. Like I think it's like 40 degrees or something, which is like insanely cold. So, and um, when we first met like our breath work coach, um, 
he had us go in the cold first for three minutes, which you don't even have like the comforts of like the warmth getting you so crazy hot that you like are craving the cold. So we had to like use these breathwork techniques that he had us do that were like, you know, first, I think 20 minutes was just like waves breathing, like in for four, hold for four, out for four, hold for four. And then um, when we're actually in there, he had us like continue that style of breath work while in the cold and just like learn to like stop focusing on the pain and how cold it was and more into like the breath and just relaxing and not like using the natural sense of like resisting it, but just like easing into it and flowing into it, which makes it so much easier if you're going to do cold plunging, like definitely by far, you need to tap into that breath. You need to like relax you need to surrender to the how cold it is and I always like use the technique of just thinking how good this is for my body like my body is going to like thank me so much like you can get rid of depression for two weeks after cold plunging downs inflammation in all the body like it's like making all the blood like you know go to all my organs and then release with the heat too as well and you just like think about all the good things that it's doing for you um and then afterwards like feeling those benefits like you literally there's nothing in wellness i think that can make you feel as good as hot and cold therapy combined especially in 40 degree for three minutes and doing a couple rounds of that like you will be the highest you've ever been naturally through those two techniques together i think so now it's like, I just crave the cold um, and try to like, at least do it like a, you know, a few times a month if I can like find places. And then my new place in Austin, I'm going to have a cold plunge for sure. And I think it was Andrew Huberman that said, if you can do up to 11 minutes a week, that's the best. Um, and you'll get like all the benefits of cold plunging and mainly releasing all those happy chemicals. So Definitely. I think it's really easy for everyone out there too. If you, you know, don't have the means to like, you know, buy these expensive technologies or things out there, like, you know, get a sauna blanket and do cold showers or like, just go on a run workout, lay out in the sun and do like a, you know, cold bath with ice. Like you, you can do that, um, very easily. No, it's interesting too. We mentioned, um, Dr. Huberman, like his research and the research he's talked about too, about the benefits mentally and physically and, but also how your body can adapt to and build up. So not to do it over, I forget what was in over three times a week or so. Um, I can't quite remember what the, um, measurements were that because your body does build a tolerance to it, but it's so interesting, the mental benefits for that. And if you're going to go in that cold, you don't want to go over three minutes too, because you could be reversing the benefits too, as well by going that in too long. Um, yeah. yeah, there's like a lot of like just science and research around it, but I he, pretty much from my understanding is that you want to do 11 minutes total Yeah. Um, from the each week. And you can do that within multiple sessions. You can go in for one minute, then two minute, and then three minute one day, but, you know, try to get up to 11 minutes for the main maximum benefits. Um, your guide, did he recommend doing breath work beforehand and having that down or did he, was that not an issue or, you know, just for somebody who's just starting. And I know a lot of people are interested 
is it recommended to have breath work practiced down? Yeah. I mean, you know, Wim Hof is kind of like famous for that. I think he has a lot of like free meditations or breath work online. I know he has an app too, as well. I would definitely use the breath work with the cold um, if you want it to be easier because otherwise it's so easy to be like, oh, this is not good for me. I am feeling comfortable. I need to get out of here. And you convince yourself like to get out. But really it's just like a mental state. It's a decision that you're making. It's a commitment. It's a surrendering. There's like so much that you need to do. And then you use those skills that you practice in the cold plunge in your everyday life. It helps you deal with stress better. You know, it helps you like, just be able to like, um, I don't know what else, it helps you with stress. What else does it help you with? I know what? blood pressure. Blood um, pressure. yeah, the inflammatory also was it white blood cells too. Yeah. It helps. Yeah. It's just pretty profound. Like all the benefits that you do get from it. Um, but I definitely, yeah, you don't need to do the breath work, but it definitely makes it easier. It How about easy. you, Katie? Was there one that you, a um, physical practice? Yeah. I mean, I think the, we, we did like a, an episode at the Dosaire clinic in uh, park city that's known for their stem cell treatments. Um, but we worked with Dr. Amy Killen on like an inside outside next level beauty protocol. Um, and as part of it, um, there was a process called EBO2 that I tried where you basically filter all the blood out of your body you infuse it with oxygen and you run it through red and blue light. So you're literally like, it's like an oil change for all the blood in your body. It's kind of insane. It's very intense, very big needles are used. You have like two needles in at once. I had to go under um, like laughing gas to even be able to handle it. But I did notice like we were up in high altitude and like hiking the next day. And I just felt like very like vital and like like I had more endurance and more stamina. Um, so it was like pr- a pretty amazing treatment. And it's very helpful for people that have any like chronic disease, Lyme, dealing with mold issues. Um, I think okay. it's, it's one of the more advanced um, treatments you can get for, for really bad chronic illness. Or if you're just looking to totally optimize your health, um, I think it's pretty amazing to do it, you know, every so often it's, it's intense. So you wouldn't want to do it all the time, but it's great to know that it's out there. That one did look intense. <laughs> How long did, yeah, I know. And I think I would have your same problem or I have smaller veins too, and they collapse it like all the time. So I'm like, Oh, just can't do that one. Darn. <laughs> um, how long does that take though? How long did that, pro- that process take for it to filter your blood? And is it really your whole body's volume of blood or is it just a percentage? From what I understand, it's like the majority of the blood in your body. It takes yeah. a little over an hour. Um, oh, and- well, just to, to touch on that, there's a lot of different um, like med spas that are doing this, but at different levels where they'll like fill up a canister, they'll ozonate it and put it back in. That's not the same of what we were doing. Katie had one like um, needle in one arm um and a tube and then the other one in this arm so it was like taking all her blood filtering it and then bringing it back into her body okay. and then ebo2 and it's probably like the most advanced of all of the um ozone blood transfusions or whatever they're called um because i've had other ones done and it's just been a portion of her blood but like this one was like the most legit 
version of that. And it was like very effective. Yeah. And sorry, it just sounds so intense still. I'm like, whoo, man, a little lightheaded just thinking about it. I was like completely like on another planet uh, afterwards. Maybe some of it was laughing gas makes it possible. (laughs) I don't know why they, because I had such an issue doing it and they like literally poked me like six times. It didn't work. And then when Katie sat down there, we're like, well, we'll just give her laughing gas. So she just like got right on the juice, opened up totally. She was like literally saying like, you could be stabbing a knife in my arm and I wouldn't even care right now. Like she was that like feeling good. It's true. Why, why aren't you having more fun? <laughs> you got gypped on that one. If anyone ever offers you laughing gas, take it. Yeah. Sage wisdom. <laughs> a new <laughs> tattoo somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Biohackers take away. Yeah. Um, was there one that, because you guys did all these practices together, right? Just except for the ketamine, but everyone, I'm trying to remember all of them were together, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Just to make we sure even, um, did tantric practices where we, like did kind of female edging with breath work next to each other that was pretty interesting and and like again Katie and I could not believe how amazing we felt afterwards and we're like how are we not doing this form of meditation every day you know it was like right I, I remember feeling that afterwards but I still have never done it again by myself like there's I always like kind of feel weird, like and naughty and still shameful about it. Like, oh, mommy's in there doing her meditation practices, right? Like, like lock the door, don't let my husband in. You like, you feel like you have to tell them like that's how you meditate. Which yeah. still seems like a weird way. Do you know what we're talking about? Do you, did you see that episode? Yeah, but yeah. And I was thinking though, the importance too of also a good facilitator just with the um, dance and the movement both of those women, you could, and I could see both of you guys too, just how uncomfortable normally that would be. And to talk about either sex, sexual practices, our own personal intimacy, but then also movement and dance and inter, you know, playing is also somehow pretty vulnerable. I guess, cause we're just so not used to it or it being an open topic, but those facilitators both seemed so helpful and guiding and you guys both seem so relaxed at least yeah. you nailed that Lauren Harkins was incredible um definitely highly suggest anyone see her if you live in New York she makes everything seem so normal and comfortable she was also really good at explaining things and you also do realize like why do I have such like a weird taboo idea around self-pleasure and like why wouldn't this be a meditation practice if it helped me drop in and like release happy chemicals by pleasuring myself? And like, how did I not know that there was like a technique that you just tap and go stroke upwards? And, you know, I know Katie's done that before, but like, I didn't ever, no one ever told me to pleasure myself in that way before. It's like, wow, that actually works. And it's like effortless. Um, and then, yeah, just that idea around like kind of bringing yourself up, releasing all these happy chemicals, but not actually climaxing and just continuing to do that. It was like totally putting you in this like deep trance of self-pleasure and you like feel like you have all the control again to like, you know, be able to turn that switch on if you need to, of like being in your body full of like happy chemicals, feeling so good and like open and like ready to receive. I was, I can't remember the doctor right now, but she's, um, a psychologist 
and I believe a sex therapist too, but she was talking about the difference between, um, it was on a panel and it was talking about women and perfectionism and how that might affect our sexuality. And she was turning it around, but she was making the point that with men, usually, and we're generalizing, it's more about the outwards. It's just the moments, but with women, we're always talking and thinking about the to-do list, all our million things, but we're usually not thinking about ourselves and then how, when we need to be turned on or just think about ourselves sexually in our sexual practices and wanting to feel more sexy or embody that um, energy that we need to come back in and almost do a selfish practice because we are having to think about ourselves and not about the other people around us. And it was just an interesting point that whether, you know, it's Tantra or having to just get in the mood and wanting to feel more in the mood with a partner or whoever is around, um, that we need to think about ourselves. And that's just, again, one of those taboo things that, you know, we don't usually do naturally or often. Yeah. Yeah. You don't need a partner to pleasure yourself. It's like kind of you take that power back and realize that like, you just need yourself to do that. And mm-hmm. you know, yeah, to give yourself that time and space to have that practice is so important. And I feel like just that conversation around self-care has been more predominant more lately, especially among women. Like I need to make sure my cup's full before I can help anyone else. And that's like also something I had to learn the hard way too. Once I had kids and I kind of like stopped doing all my health things and working out. And then I, I like had a seizure and almost like totally lost myself there. And then just to like retrain myself on like, no, like I got to put this first. This is like my priority, you know? And it's like, I don't have to feel guilty. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a very interesting thing. Wondering with all these practices. And like I said, they, a lot of them were very intimate and whether you're throwing up next to somebody or going through just hallucinations or various um, physical changes, has it made your guys' relationship, business partnership change at all? I feel like um, Lauren and I have just gotten like busier and busier over the years and Lauren's a mom now and we've, you know, moved over the pandemic. And I think it was like a great time for us to like, um, basically have an excuse to share all these things together because I think otherwise like work was getting more serious, the stakes were getting higher. Um, so to have this kind of like other side to it, that was like a lighthearted bonding experience. Like, even if it felt like work at the time, I think looking back, I'm, I'm so glad that we shared that together. Um, and maybe it's a takeaway for, you know, female business partners and stuff. It's like, as you get busier, make sure to like schedule in that time with your business partner to, to make sure that you guys are still um, doing things that just strengthen your friendship. Yeah. That's really like making the purposeful moments to connect outside of work. Was that helpful or did that allow you guys the space to have more creativity because business is stressful and especially, you know, you guys were dealing with a lot during the pandemic as we all were not focus on just what the product or project at hand was, but to go through an experience together and have that on the conversation, you know, like your cue cards, you can talk about other things to expand Definitely. the conversation between you guys. Definitely. I mean, I think, you know, when you own a business together, it's like a marriage and like any relationship, I think you need to work at it. 
and it's just so easy for Katie and I to get together and just like talk about work. Um, and, you know, like we definitely try to, when we first talk after we haven't, you know, seen each other or talked to each other in a while to just like ask a few personal questions, but it doesn't take us long to get right into the like fiery business stuff. So I think for sure, like doing these kind of things together, not only like enhanced our own well-being and health, but definitely strengthened our relationship together because it's like amazing to share these things. I mean, if you want any good date ideas, go to biohackers and like check that out and do that together because there's so many more things to do to bond than eat and drink together. Um, and you'll definitely get some ideas from biohackers. I just think the reviews you could leave for your dating profile afterwards if it didn't work out. You definitely know that person's going to be fun um, if they're up for it also. Yeah. Um, and is there a practice that you guys have kind of kept up. I know we're all busy. And so some of them were a little more detailed and obviously not something that you can do even yearly. Is there something, a practice that you felt touched you and that you keep in your repertoire? All of them. Yeah. Majority of them. Um, so I think I touched on the two that affected me the most, um, that I've been trying to incorporate into my lifestyle. So that would be cold therapy um, and then definitely just like unleashing, you know, my desires to be more playful, more sensual, more fun, more in the moment and practicing that by waking up and listening to music and like going and getting my nails done and my hair done with my, my daughter and face painting and just letting her express herself and be creative and be whoever she wants to be. Yeah. I think for me, like, um, you know, I think Lauren was always really good about like following protocols and quantifying our health and being regimented. And I was always kind of a little bit more, well, I'll dabble and I'm not going to like take things too seriously, but like after, you know, like doing, doing like the biomarker testing at next health and then like really deep diving into Dr. Mindy about like female hormones and how fasting impacts that I think I've really like just paid a lot more attention to my blood work to like what's going on with my cycle to really like um looking out for markers for what my body's trying to tell me and how that's like reflected in anything from measuring my heart rate to what are my like hormone levels and my blood work and now you know i think now that i've like flipped that switch and i really am like kind of viewing myself more as like the ceo of my own health um I don't think I'll go back to not being aware. So I think that's probably the biggest lasting change that'll stick with me. And I just can't help but think that like with all these cues that we're getting and how we're able to tune in a little bit more to what our bodies are doing, it's just so it makes it more of a priority because, you know, once you see your markers and what's actually going on internally, you can't ignore it anymore. And it has to, it's staring at you literally in the mirror. So. So to wrap up this conversation that I've very much appreciated and loved and could go on forever, I thought we would do a bit of a fun rapid fire. What's one of your favorites free wellness hacks that you like to do and that's in your daily weekly practice? Um, free wellness hack, definitely breath work. Um, it's free. You can do it anytime. You can kind of decide if you want an intense experience or just something relaxing. So, um, it's great. I use it, you know, on a daily, weekly basis. Um, yeah. 
Growth work. I like that one too. Um, and is there a resource that you like that you go to, whether it's a book, a podcast, um, something that you love, that's a resource that you're, is your favorite? Um, I love the Ben Greenfield podcast, um, Dr. Amy Killen, Dr. Mindy, you know, um, both of those women, we actually had biohackers episodes with, and um, I think just getting to know them personally and their philosophies, it really like kind of brings their content to life um, that I like follow on social and their videos. So yeah, definitely, definitely those three. And then I just kind of poke around here and there and just, um, you know, see, see what is resonating with me um, in my Instagram feed, but it's probably a lot of the usual suspects that people follow in the wellness space. I was like, those are classics. Love them. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then where can everyone find you guys? Go ahead and pimp your guys' biohackers and all of the rest out. Um, Yeah. So you can find obviously everything on our company at our website, hiredose.com. Our Instagram handles at hiredose. And then um, if you go on YouTube and search hiredose biohackers, all the episodes are there. Um, You can follow our you know, ourselves individually on Instagram, my handles at K T K A P S. Um, and then Lauren is at Lauren Berlingeri. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I would once again, like to send a huge thank you to our guests, Katie and Lauren for coming on and sharing about their, their series biohackers. You can find them both on social at higher dose and their website and More info about their series, Biohackers, will be linked, of course, in our show notes. I highly recommend going watching Biohackers. It is filled with resources and tips. And now to wrap up this episode, I don't know if you're like me, but personally, I love a key takeaway or a tip. And I was inspired by our conversation. And these are a few tips and hacks that I thought would be beneficial, but that are relatively simple and a great entry point if you're looking to support your overall health and wellness. So starting off at number one, a great way to support our health. It's free. It's pretty much accessible anywhere in the world that we are. We're seeing now from studies and journals being published how beneficial getting sunlight is. Regularly getting morning sunlight helps balance our circadian rhythm, which can help support our appetite regulation and improve overall metabolic markers. Beyond regulating our circadian rhythm, sunlight affects how the hypothalamus works in our brain, impacting several factors like levels of serotonin and melatonin that are released throughout the day which can affect our cognitive function, along with the benefits that we're getting from vitamin D. This factors into your body being able to regulate proper sleep cues, your immune system, mood, depression, overall mood regulation, and also support energy levels. So I know we all have different schedules and function properly during different hours, but it's shown recently through the different research that I've seen that the best way and the best time to get sunlight is first thing in the morning. So upon awakening, if you can maybe have your tea or coffee or your morning beverage, or have to look at your emails first thing in the morning or read the newspaper to take it outside. If you have a balcony, a backyard, even making sure that all your windows are open to help bring in as much sunlight as possible. And I know this isn't 
easy or effective for everyone to get sunlight first thing in the morning, but just even a little bit of sunlight throughout your day is also beneficial, but it has been shown to be most effective first thing upon um, awakening. Tip number two, going for a quick sprint or run. If you're like me, you might not be running, might not be your thing. You might be still on the hot girl walk, but studies have read recently that have come out say that 12 minutes of higher cardio is beneficial. So even going for a quick run around your block or to the best of your speed abilities have similar benefits to Asana, which can help raise our heart rates. That one's kind of obvious, but it can help raise our heart rates, which helps release endorphins, helping with lowering blood pressure, better sleep, strengthening our immune system, helping boosting our mood and sweating out any toxins or anything that our body is wanting to release. So tip number three is along the lines of tip number two, as not all of us have the proximity to a cold plunge available to us. A great way to substitute that is with a cold shower. This can also be related to any cold body of water, whether we have access to the ocean or a lake, they all work the same. Um, but most of us have a cold shower more close by and do it on the regular. A cold shower is great for our blood circulation. It helps decrease our levels of cortisol. It's also mood boosting, helpful for memory fog, and it's relief for inflammatory related conditions and anxiety. And I thought it was a great point that Lauren brought up that these practices can sometimes be intimidating when you first start or not something that you're desiring, especially if you take a shower in the morning to take a cold shower in the morning, but to remember the why and you're doing it, um, to focus on that and that to be your focus on how you might want to feel better and how you might want some relief and the overall effect that you might be desiring. Papers say um, that I've read up to about three minutes a day is tops, and you don't want to do it more than a couple of times a week. I think adding up to 11 minutes a week. So again, you can work up to this and you don't have to start doing three minutes right up front. Also, I know with our regular shower, you can also, you can also do a normal temperature shower and then at the end for your desired amount of time can do a cold shower. And for our last tip and kind of a wrap up all in one to always remember when looking at health and wellness trends or fads, um, look at who was involved in the study and the size. Many studies and data that is gathered are done predominantly on groups of men, which might not apply to you or your health. And even then with the tips I'm giving now, Always remember that the most important thing is to come back inward and to look at the overall well-being, to tune in and see how the practice is feeling and working for you. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the It's Natural podcast. If you like this podcast and would like to help it grow, please go rate and review. And if you want to add in any topics or guests that you would like to see us talk about, please also put that in your reviews as I will be reading them. And a huge thank you to Mary Ruth Organics 
whose information will be linked in our show notes. And don't forget to grab your free probiotic with the code evergreen20. I look forward to talking to you guys next week with a brand new episode. Bye.